Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. Welcome to Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast that covers gaming news, upcoming releases, and topics from all aspects in the gaming industry. Kick back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, another one of my good streamer friends, it's Crazy Bill's Gaming. Hey, Tony, glad to be here. Hey, Crazy, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. About time to get you on. Uh, and, uh, just talk some games for a good hour or so, like we always do. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's where the good stuff is. Oh, exactly. And because you're a brand new guest, we actually get to start with our startup screen segment today. Uh, or sorry, that's what it was called last season. It's the archive, uh, where you give us your favorite game, your favorite game character and your favorite game soundtrack. Oh, all right. Let's. Let's let's see if my 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 pea brain can narrow it down. Right, let's start with my, I think I think probably my favorite game has to be old PS2 Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh. Controller glitches and all. Uh, <laughs> I can vouch for that. Uh, that game oh, broke yeah. me when I played it this la- or la- late last year. But yeah, or was it early this year? I, it broke me regardless. Oh yeah, man, it's painful. Yeah. Uh, I think probably my favorite character, uh, my favorite character would probably have to be just the Ratchet and Clank combo from the old Ratchet and Clank games. It's good. That's another the, good. The another, dynamic duo. Is Yeah. Another game I just recently finished. I played through the, not the original, but the 2016 based off the movie game. Ah, uh, yeah. The, I hear that one's pretty good. I haven't gotten managed to get back and play those. It's good. I think it's it's free for the month of March, so uh, for, on PlayStation Four. So, it's oh yeah for that. Uh, I gotta pick that up. Yeah, for that stay at home incentive, it's free for everybody. So not just plus members. Great time. Great time. Great platinum as well. Very uh, easy oh, yeah. platinum. Uh, yeah. Favorite game soundtrack. Uh, this one's, this one's a hard one. I'm a big music, I'm a big music guy. I think I'd probably have to go with two, two of my favorite Square Enix based games, which has to be the original Final Fantasy VII, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, but, but, and then, and then getting my metal side out there. I love the Doom soundtracks. I love all of them. The Doom soundtracks are really, really good, but I I love both the Final Fantasy and the 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 FF Seven and the Kingdom Hearts Two soundtracks. Those are both phenomenal. I love both of them. Yeah. Although I haven't played the original Final Fantasy Seven, the remake soundtrack is just oh so good. It's just yeah, I think oh. oh yeah, it's so good. I think the remake also recently went free for PlayStation. Yeah, Plus. it's it is free for Plus uh, this month. Although if you get it, it uh, it's you have to still pay full version if you want to transfer that data over to PS5 to get that for free. Uh, this yeah, version. with my paychecks, 
not going to be able to do that soon. <laughs> I might as well just <laughs> might as well just take what I can get, man. Honestly, with my paychecks, the thought of me uh of uh thinking, "Ah, oh, man, that that DLC for or the expansion for 5F7 remake, I'm not going to get it cuz it's only PS5 exclusive." Honestly, looking more doable it's just finding a ps5 in stock in a couple paychecks of mine probably yeah you got you gotta you gotta rip one from the hands of the scalpers <laughs> yeah or just you know get lucky Oof. get yeah. lucky and get a fucking order in um but with that <laughs> yeah with that we're gonna jump into our startup screen our first small topic of the day uh off of news that Bethesda and Microsoft's deal after Microsoft acquired ZeniMax Media. Uh, 20 Bethesda games are debuting onto Games Pass uh, after all this time now. Uh, some of the games in- include basically all the Dooms, or a good chunk of them, uh, even the originals, all the Fallouts, aside from like Fallout 1 and 2, because old fallout and old skyrim people unless you're on like an ancient pc people hardly play those anymore uh and you even have uh the the most uh three of the elder scrolls games morrowind oblivion and skyrim uh as well as both dishonored games prey and rage 2 i don't i I believe rage 1 is on there too but i don't remember for entirely but we have a good variety of games that are now going to be on games pass um, some of them are on PlayStation now already, like the Fallout games. And I think, no, I don't think, I don't know if, uh, Oblivion, was Oblivion on there? I can't honestly I remember. I think Oblivion was on there. I think Oblivion's on there, but I don't think Skyrim was. Or if it was, I think Skyrim's off of it currently. But yeah, most likely, you know, we'll also probably most likely see those games that are on PlayStation now vanish from PlayStation now in the future most likely after this uh it would make sense like with the streaming platform side of it like you can still obviously have the physical copies of those games uh on those platforms but i feel like the streaming side of things that's definitely where you're gonna see a big change of that yeah that's yeah that's gonna be a shift yeah very much so but Honestly, I've already pl- I've platinum the two Bethesda games I wanted to platinum, so I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Well, there well there you go. Um, we also they also did announce that there will be some new Bethesda titles that uh, will be Microsoft exclusives. Um, but they haven't released any full details on those quite yet. Uh, during the little roundtable discussion that they had when they announced all of this stuff. What are your What are your thoughts about the uh, Bethesda or yeah the Bethesda Microsoft acquire acquiration? I think I think Bethesda is doing really well for themselves. They haven't they haven't released with their with their sort of like semi flop of Fallout seventy six. They had to sort of get get an in somewhere, and I think this this really helped with that. And like a lot of people don't know. A lot of people just know Doom, Fallout, and Elder Scrolls, and just getting all of those, as well as the old Dishonored games and like Prey, in a Game Pass where like people were like they're just easily accessible. Might probably it's just marketing and is good marketing and setting up for their for like Starfield and the Elder Scrolls uh, Seven when six. It, or six, six six when it comes out. 
Elder yeah. Scrolls 7 is still way in the future if that even happens. Dude, if that even happens. Uh, I like that we can joke about... Like, here's the thing. We know that Elder Scrolls 6 will happen. The jokes can be about 7 now. We just gotta get them rolling yeah. out. Once we get more trailers, yeah. or the second that 6 drops, we can make jokes about where seven Bethesda? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's when six is coming out, and then if seven, depending yeah, exactly. on how well uh, six passes. Exactly, exactly. I think. Oh fuck! Was I don't remember entirely if they did announce that uh, Elder Scrolls Online was coming to Games Pass, unless it's already on there. That's the one I uh, do not remember seeing. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Um, that's that's another isn't that that one's another subscription base, I think. Like, yeah, like yeah, wow. it's it, yeah, basically. Essentially that's what it is. Like it's one of those that's what most that's what a good uh, most MMOs are. I think with the exception of Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy ones. Yeah. Honestly, when this when this Game Pass came out, I panicked being a being a PlayStation goon since P- since PlayStation One, mm-hmm. I'm like I'd, I I I only I I had only really touched Xbox for playing the Halo games, and then when I I finished Reach, I'm like, yeah, I don't need to get a Xbox One. And it's yeah, like, that's that was kind of a similar pro- thought process I had. Like I grew up on Nintendo, and then I think around middle high, middle school, high school. Like the start of end of middle school, beginning of high school is when I got my Xbox. It, it was the 360, mm-hmm. and I played. It was essentially just to play Halo Reach. Like I love Halo Reach. Like it's one of my oh, favorite yeah. Halo games of all time. Uh, Halo Reach probably, is absolutely oh, phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenal. Like I loved. I it, like. And the reason I love it so much is like it has really fun multiplayer service and just like the physics in it. Like fuck, you could the ragdolls in Halo Reach were something else. Oh, they were amazing. They, they were, were so funny. Good. They were they were they were really not not necessarily the most realistic, but they were yeah. the most fun to mess around with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, it's a, also a good reason like the series fails of the week from Rooster Teeth existed was because of just all the crazy shit in that just the what type kind oh, type yeah. of ragdolls would come out of that. It was so good. But um basically played that played a bit of the fable and a couple fables and a couple of the exclusive Xbox stuff. And then it was like, mm-hmm. okay, time to get a next gen console, the Xbox one or the PS4. And I'm like, you know what? Let's get the PS4 because it's, there's not a lot coming out on the 360. And, uh, it was around the time when I just finished the first destiny on the Xbox on the 360. When I'm like, okay, this was cool and all. And then I get the PlayStation when I'm like, oh yeah, it came with destiny. Cause it got the clear white one. And, uh, uh yeah. And then I got addicted to Destiny. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk. Probably end up talking about that more actually when we get into our topics of the day. Uh, as I know, you play a lot of Destiny Two. Yeah. So uh, we'll probably talk about a bit of Destiny later on in the podcast. But right now, it's time for us to jump into the week in review. The week in review: a look back at the top headlines and stories from the world of gaming. 
And this week, some of the games that came out this past week, we had Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time make its way to the next-gen consoles of the PlayStation 5, the Series X, and, of course, the Nintendo Switch as well. Cyanide and Happiness Freakpocalypse came out on the platforms that it's available on, one of them being the Switch, I know for sure, and I believe it's just the Switch and PC, actually. Um, and Apex Legends made its way to the Switch after all this time, and... Uh, a lot of people are recommending this uh, to not use cross-platform with the Switch because you're just going to get absolutely bodied. Be- and also, your runtime will not be that great because of, you know, the Switch's uh, online capabilities. Uh, but if you play locally, you're A-OK. Or play with, like, just Switch users. You're A-OK and you're also on a better skill level with the players that play on the Switch. Uh, as for the news that came out this past week, uh, their Square Enix announced that they have a Square Enix Presents coming on March 18th. Um, some of the big things that they'll be showing off are uh, a new Life is Strange game, uh, some more stuff about Balan Wonderworld, some stuff about Avengers, uh, Outriders, and a Just Cause mobile game. Which, I don't know how I feel about a Just Cause mobile game, because Just Cause can hardly run on anything, (laughs) except like a PC. Oh my gosh, yeah. With how crazy those are, like, fuck, like, I tried playing Just Cause 2 on my 360, and that crashed, and then I tried playing Just Cause 3 on the PS4, and that crashed, just Cause is a mess of an open world, just sandbox. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, but if you get something that runs it, heck of a heck of a time. But like, you gotta run it on a PC, in my opinion. Like, that's that game is so demanding. Yeah. Of, with, with with this, yeah, with this announcement, Omen's gonna release their new phone and. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we have a phone just to play just cause and the phone's the size of a fucking uh, like a computer it's like oh no this is a phone oh it's like the nokia thickness but it's like a like a four it's like a four by eight screen yes oh my god just Um, in some uh, happier news, uh, Build-A-Bear is collaborating with Animal Crossing for a collection soon to be announced uh, at the time of recording. So we don't know exactly which animals or or what the whole collaboration line will look like yet, but uh, it's happening, which is really cool. So if you love stuffed animals, you can spend even more money, because I, I know that they, were, they collabed with Pokemon once, and people went crazy for those. So, I can only imagine what uh, Animal Crossing will do as well, which is really cool, Uh, even though Animal Crossing is kind of dead to me now, just because it's like, (laughs) dead to me and like, I've stopped stopped playing, it's not like I I, I despise it, but no, I've just stopped Uh, playing, so it's... No, yeah, I'm in the same, once once work and everything started up and COVID started to die down, it's just... Yeah, I got other games to play. It was more of like I, I was maybe I was maybe playing like twenty minutes a day, if that. And I'm like, I think it's done. I think I'm done. And uh, yeah, that was it. 
Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are getting a new beat-em-up in the form of Shredder's Revenge. And it's the original, like, the classic 80s turtle, a kind of a follow-up game to Turtles in Time. So, that's really cool to see. Uh, there is no date yet of their release, but it's cool that we know that this is coming. Um, in some fire news, uh, Rust, the very popular survival multiplayer based game their european servers literally caught fire and they lost a lot of hardware some data was lost for players as well as the servers did go to some backups but these backups did not contain uh data for a lot of players so they a lot of european players lost progress in that game and a lot of other things so Pour one out to those guys, but honestly, in my opinion, I've never been the biggest fan of Rust. I It's a game that I just think is kind of just a bit not, yeah, it, I, not yeah, great. You, you, see, you, you see it, and you're like, eh, yeah, it's not really my cup of tea. Yeah, that and also, it's aren't the people who play that like really cancerous as well? I've, I've yeah, seen can, a lot can, of... I've seen a lot of things about them. Yeah. Yeah, we grew up in the era of of 12-year-olds insulting our parents over Call of Duty. I can handle a bit of trash, but just I I can't handle the trash and having to deal with a realistic, like, Minecraft experience. That might be a little too much for me. Yeah, it's a bit too much. Uh, We got a new teaser for Outer Worlds, their brand-new expansion. Expansion 2, Murder on Eridanos. Uh, will be coming soon. A game I still need to play, uh, that I want to play, because it's basically Oblivion, but space. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God, it's a name. Um, Florian Montanu, I believe is how you pronounce it, from the, the movie Creed 2. He has been cast in as Krieg for the Borderlands movie. Another casting Ooh. decision for the Ooh, movie. I love that. Oh, that cast is coming along great. It is coming along amazingly. I'm surpr- and uh, with Krieg being a Borderlands 2 character, it also begs to ask which other characters that were introduced in 2 will be in the movie. As we know that most of the class, most of the characters from the first game will obviously be here, but which of them from two will also make an appearance in this movie Ooh, as yeah. well? Um, so that that's really that that that's what that uh, announcement opens up for me, and I'm like, oh, are we gonna get like an Axton? A are we gonna get a uh, oh, who are the uh, Axton, Maya, get- and Salvador? Ha ha! I still got yeah, it. And then and wasn't wasn't zero, zero. from two as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's but, zero. Zero's the easiest one to remember, in my opinion, because he's basically yeah. a the 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 cookie cutter, the cookie cutter soldier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, who who's yeah? He was he was described by that by one of the characters in the game itself. I can't remember which one though. Yeah, it's been a while since I played Borderlands, and yeah, like mm-hmm. maybe like a year and a half. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's- uh, in uh, stock news, Roblox is finally a- on the stock market, and boy, did its stocks rise huge, even going above EA, Ubisoft, and CG Project Red as a couple of in the gaming uh, stock world. 
Uh, uh, so uh, if you if, if you got Roblo- Roblox stonks right when Roblox s- put their things on the stock market, congrats for profiting. C- congrats. But uh, man, did Wall Street? I, I wish. Well, I, I don't even. You see, I don't even know. Did Wall Street bets predict this? Or like, did they say, I, oh yeah, I, you should invest? I don't even know. I the last time I I had even like thought about playing Ro- Roblox was when I was in middle school, and I'm just like, are 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 there are is it just is it still middle schoolers that are playing it? And if so, who let them buy stock? <laughs> it's probably like, mommy, mommy, buy the stock of oh, Roblox. Dear. We'll become rich. Where did you learn this? Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, forget, some guy Wall on reddit Street told me Wall Street Bets is just going Ro- Roblox 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 get them Robux dude, we got, dude GME down Roblox is next oh my god <laughs> oh my god Um, hey in more movie news Dynasty Warriors is getting a movie apparently and it released a trailer it's Batshit Bonkers um, as it's over the top, look at all these thousand people battles that are going to be in the movie. Yeah, just like the games. But hey, if you like K-pop, Guan Yu, uh, the character in the movie, is being played by, oh man, I hope it, Han Jang or Gang, ex, the ex-K-pop singer from Super Junior. So, that's neat. Uh, PAX Australia will be returning as a live show in October with limited tickets. They have officially come out to say that. So that's oh, great events to hear. are popping up. Yes. Um, in modding news, somebody made the Olympics in Dark Souls. Uh, it's The mod pack is called the Lothric Olympics mod. Uh, it's got uh, a obstacle course Olympic game, a soccer field just popped in the game it's got some weird shit and it's kind of cool looking but yeah and uh lastly uh astro's playroom their soundtrack is now available everywhere on i believe spotify apple music and all those other locations as well so now you can listen to the music from that ps5 exclusive tutorial game nice uh that's the week in review uh, uh for the draw of the deck in Pokemon news, the new expansion is set for June is called Chilling Rain, and that's R-E-I-G-N, uh, because the pack will be featuring Calyrex, both its ice and spectral form. Uh, and the featured cards are going to be a V and a V Max variants of the said cards. In the world of Yu-Gi-Oh!, Duelists of the Whirlwind uh, was announced and set for May 22nd, adding support for three character decks from the anime. Uh, from Arc 5, we have Hugo and Lulu's decks getting uh, some support, which means uh, new Speedroid cards. And uh, back w- back when I really was focused in Yu-Gi-Oh!, Speedroids were pretty good. Don't know how they are now, though. Uh, and Sherry uh, from 5Ds, uh, her cards will also be getting some more support as well. In the world of Magic the Gathering, uh, Wizards of the Coast have detailed a launch for Modern Horizons 2, the brand new set, and that's set for a June 11th release. Um, basically modernizing a lot of the card, old cards, bringing in some new ones, all that fun jazz. And also another Magic the Gathering story that I 
saw before we started the podcast, a guy recently opened up an old Magic the Gathering pack he had found laying around in his home, and it contained a Black Lotus card. Uh, for those of you, do you know uh, the story about Black Lotus Crazy? Uh, I don't know the, I know, all I know is when I was into it, I just, I just knew it was pretty much one of the most expensive cards. Base, I don't yeah. know the story behind it. Uh, the reason it's so expensive is because it actually has a lot of good practical use of, uh, what is it? It's either regain health or draw some cards or it's both. I can't remember the exact effect of it essentially, but yeah, it's hella expensive and yeah, the dude can possibly make 10 grand from this find that he just found. Oh, it's a mana boost. Oh my gosh. I forgot. Oh, it's terrifying. Oh yeah. And there are decks where you can just like play it over and over again if you have the right cards. Oh, yeah, it's a, and it's an interrupt as well, which is even worse. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, dudes that that guy who found it, hey, he's gonna get some good money off of that. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, man. <laughs> Uh, and lastly for the weekend review, we had the Dice is Right introduced this season. Uh, talking about board game news, Stellaris Infinite Legacy has entered a crowdfunding phase uh, to offer a brand new, unique t- new tabletop experience. Uh, and it's a lot uh, because it's a legacy game that you could, that means everything can carry over from game to game. Uh, but if you want to check out full details about this game, uh, you can go check out the article over on, out over at Polygon, as they have detailed everything out nicely uh, to talk about everything that this game is going to be offering. Or, of course, you can check out their uh, Kickstarter, I believe, or wherever their crowdfunding uh, page is. Um, in some dice, actual dice news, there is a new Bluetooth LED dice that have uh, been raising $2 million over on Kickstarter, where uh, you can hook it up to an app that they have. You roll the dice. It has LED lights in it. You roll it, and then uh, you can look on the dice, of course, but on the little app that it's got connected to, it'll tell you what the number is that it rolled, which is really cool. Uh, Dude, could use that for my setup. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It it looks really cool. I don't know how much they'll be going for uh, when they actually do make it out of the Kickstarter or how much they will and all that stuff. But hey, really dope. And lastly, uh, next month over on Kickstarter, you'll be able to help support the Monster Hunter World board game. That'll be coming to the platform soon. Don't have many details on that yet, but I'm sure we will in the future. And that was the week in review. That was your news from this past week. Um, but looking to the week ahead, here are some some of the games that should be on your radar. From AAA titles to upcoming indies, here's what should be on your radar. Uh, starting off, uh, no new games coming out on Monday, but Tuesday we have quite the busy game. Uh, we got Kingdoms of Amalur, the Re-Reckoning coming to Switch. Uh, Mundan coming to out on everything. RBI Baseball 21 comes to the PS4, Series X, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and mobile. Samurai Showdown makes its way to the Series X. Saviors of Sapphire Wings and Stranger of Sword City Revisited come to the Switch and PC. Stubbs, the zombie rebel in, in Without a Pulse comes to the Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The Elder Scrolls of Online Flames of Ambition DLC makes its way to the consoles. Uh, the Xbox One and PS4. Monster Truck Championship makes its way to the U.S. 
on the Series X and PlayStation 5. No new games on Wednesday, but on Thursday, Jack Jean comes to the Switch. Maglum Lord comes to the PS4 and Switch. Marvel's Avengers makes its way to the next gen of the PS5 and Series X. And Cartel Tycoon comes to the PC. And lastly, on Friday, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville makes its way to the Switch. And Root Film comes to the PS4 and the Switch. Thoughts on the games yeah. the, this week, Crazy? Oh uh, yeah, we got a, we got a lot of big ones coming up. I'm still I'm still waiting for Samurai Showdown to come over to. I don't think it's on PlayStation Five yet, but I, there's a lot of big ones moving up this week, especially with uh, El- the new Elder Scrolls Online and the I, the Marvel's Avengers coming up. But yeah, yeah, it's a lot a, of good games coming. It's looking in. good. Um... We'll be seeing some heavy traction come uh, April, that's for sure, uh, as that's when we start oh, yeah. to see everything pick up. Um, and uh, Release just, season one. Uh-huh. Very much so. Um, and that's those are the games on your radar. And now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast where we talk about some things uh, in this week in the Game Lounge. This week in the Game Lounge, Tony covers a variety of topics with his weekly guest. And crazy, because you're our guest, I always do this. Why don't you kick us off with our first topic that we got? All right. For topic, big old 10 or 01. The big old 10. Oh, dear. Oh, starting this <laughs> off great. Um, oh, lovely. <laughs> All right, the first thing we're going to go over today is what are our childhood games? Ooh, boy, oh, going back to boy. the Stone Age. <laughs> we're not that old, but... Stone Age? Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> the only person I know that would be alive back then... Uh, this this is an inside joke only for my friends. The only person I know who would have been alive back then is my boy Steve Cito. And that's a joke for my Ooh. LC my LC bros, because they get that joke. <laughs> Shout out to my nice. LC bros. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm cracking myself up. Anyway, no, you're games good. From, games oh. from our past. Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> we're just going off here. Oh, I love it. It's great. Um, so growing up, crazy. What were what what? Uh, were, obviously, consoles. I'm assuming were your primary game, or yeah. were you a PC boy as a young lad? Oh. Oh no, we had we had my family had one one computer in the house growing up and it was either an old and like one of the old pink apples that just fell apart when you turned it on or it was a old basic Dell and I I grew up I grew up uh I grew up PlayStation PlayStation N64 little hand-me-downs nice <sighs> Nice. Uh, let's start with that N64 of yours then, because Nintendo has a place in my heart as I basically grew up with Nintendo up until, like I said earlier, up until a certain po- point of my life. Uh, I grew up uh, with the GameCube as that was my very first console, and then that upgraded to the Wii and then the Wii U and made those rounds. But uh, the N64, what games were you playing on that thing? Uh I think it was it was it was my grandfather and his uh and my step aunt it was their N64 and I ended up getting it when they moved out 
Uh, but yeah, the games I played, we played, we played Mario Kart 64. We played, uh, I think, flashback to like a really like I think it got it actually got a resurgent recently. But uh, Star Wars Pod Racer. Oh yeah, oh, that ex- did get a, a resurgence a bit of getting re-released on like a lot of consoles nowadays. Yeah, I, I yeah, I can't. Was it was it like a year and a half ago? Nah. That sounds. I, I feel like that sounds right. Like of like when roughly it was like the start of end of twenty nineteen, start of twenty twenty. Like it was coming out. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's crazy. But I, I also grew up. I had, um, I had uh, OOT, good old Ocarina time. Grew up with that. And I, that was that was really mostly it. I tried uh, I tried saving up for Majora's Mask with a special uh, adapter for it or whatever you needed, and I never could find one, and I could never afford it. Being like nine to twelve, so I just I just I just made do with uh, borrowing Goldeneye from a from another friend of mine. Nice, and nice. that was that that was another that was another big one that I played the heck out of really hard to play on the on the 64 thing but it was it was fantastic yeah very yeah a lot of i i remember i've the james bond shooter games are very tricky to get used to if you're so used to like modern shooters mm-hmm. because of just how the uh how movement and uh aiming and and aiming aiming on the on the stinking was it the d-pad you aimed on it was so i think painful. it was yeah because it was all the c the c pad i guess is what you could have called that yeah. back in uh, the yeah, day the c pad oh but yeah so yeah, i i grew up with the n64 i had friends who played the heck who got game cubes and all this other stuff i got i got an n64 and a hand-me-down playstation one oh. and that's that's what i played i i loved i loved going over to friend's house and watching them play Luigi's mansion and, and Mario party on the, on the GameCube, but not for me. Never got, <laughs> never got that chance. Oh, big, sad, but you had a PlayStation. So where are you playing? What were you playing on the Sony side of things then? Uh, on the Sony side of things, I think the biggest, I think the most vibrant memory I ever had on my, for like my PlayStation one was, uh, I think I think the games I played the most were the original Sky, uh, Spyro trilogy. Me and my cousins each had we we had the three games between us, and we just whenever we went and visited each other across state lines, we would switch them out and go complete the next section of the save file before next vacation where we visited each other. It was it was that, and I think I think I think uh, me again with the sneaking sneaking games into the house when I'm like eight or nine. But a fr- uh, an older neighbor of mine uh, lent me uh, the original uh, Metal Gear Solid game, and that was another one I played the heck out of. Nice. I have my experience with Metal Gear was the Metal Gear Solid Three demo on the 3DS. Mm. Yeah, those. Those are great. I think I think the old ones are also really good to go back to because of how uh, how how uh, fun they were. How, how to say in other terms, uh, 
also very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, remembering now, I, I also touched uh, Ground Zeroes. The Basically, the, 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 the Metal Gear Solid Five demo. Just mm-hmm. fancier than a demo. It was yeah, all right. I, I, I didn't understand yeah, what I, was going on. <laughs> well that's that's how those all of the metal gear solid demos are i i remember um i remember i hadn't played metal gear solid and i got up and we picked up the ps2 and i think it was uh metal gear solid uh was it it's not it wasn't sons of liberty it was one of the sons of, of liberty is two uh it was what metal yeah, gear solid it, sons of liberty was three was, was snake eater i think or whatever i think i think think it might have been four for the playstation 3 yeah it was four for the playstation 3 old snake yeah sons I, I of the pa- up, sons I, of the patriot was that what it was called it was something uh, along those lines no it, it was uh i was it was guns of the patriot guns of the patriots yeah i picked i picked that up and i i picked that up on on a vacation because uh because uh because the vacation home uh that me and my family went to one time had a had a PlayStation Three, and I play I played the demo 30, 30 times, oh, wow. and it was so confusing, but it was fun to get back into the games. Nice, yeah. Um, like uh, growing up with the GameCube was like probably one of my fondest things. I loved, I and I've if you listen if you're a regular listener of the podcast, I've gone on a lot of tangents about how I love the GameCube a lot. Because you know it was the it was Nintendo's first attempt at a portable console because of the handle on the back. <laughs> yeah, the first time I saw I I I'd never oh, noted, no, I had yeah. never realized that when I went I went to a I went to an old retail store to pick up some old PS2 games because I just regotten a, a PS2 after my old one had broken down and I couldn't fix it anymore, and I saw I saw the like one of the original box covers for the GameCube and it's them holding it in a handle. Like it's just like a little carrying case. And my mind was blown me <laughs> at like me at 18, 19 years old. And I just see that. I'm like, no way. Yeah. Y- yes. Way. Oh. And, and then, and the funny, the other funny thing about that is people, there are accessories out there where you can play your GameCube without needing a TV how does that work oh man we're gonna have to oh okay I, I, so i need I, i'm gonna need the rundown on that okay so uh the gamecube uh for official um uh what, what's the word uh official accessories that came out for the gamecube obviously you have the, the the classic the one that you're gonna need is the memory card obviously that was a staple for like both that and the Original Xbox and PlayStation, basically. The memory cards are classic. The second accessory, if you played Mario Party 6 and 7, and really, that's the only real reason you're going to use it, because let's be real, nobody's (laughs) going to play Odama, the pinball game that uses your voice as well, where you command an army and play pinball. Weird concept, weird game, but let's be real, you're not going to play that. Uh, you're gonna use the you're gonna use the GameCube official microphone for the Mario Party games, and that's it. That's accessory number oh two. Oh my gosh! Accessory number three is obviously the Game Boy adapter uh, for when you want to either a uh, 
do some uh, transfer your Pokemon Coliseum and XD Pokemon to your Game Boy, or vice versa, or Dude. B play with your Chow in the Game Boy in Sonic Adventure. Mm. Then you gotcha. then you have the Game Boy adapter, not the cord, just the adapter where you stick it on the bottom of the GameCube. And then you can put a Game Boy game in there. And if you're running the disc, because there's also a disc that comes with it, you can play your Game Boy games on the screen, on the big screen, on the TV. Dang. Now then, that, those were the first party accessories. Oh, well, well there, sorry, there's one more. Uh, that's a first party accessory. Uh, first, it's third party, but it's also first party because I, I think Nintendo was involved with it. And that is, if you're playing Fantasy Star Online 2, and you you know, you know type in the chat and you don't want to have to go hit how modern like controller keyboards are of like, you know, uh, the screen pops up and you type in everything one letter at a time with the A button. No, 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 no. There's a faster way to do that. Let's put a keyboard on a GameCube controller. Oh my gosh. Was that is was that where uh where, is that where Xbox stole its uh its its attachable? Uh, oh well, you see that's that's more modern. X- like that's small and that's like you know yeah. kind of intuitive. So, no 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 no, I'm talking so legit. GameCube took it first. Yeah, GameCube did uh, it first. They did it first, but you know they just like oh hey here's a keyboard, like a full size keyboard. Let's just put one half of the GameCube controller on one end and the other half on the other, and boom, keyboard controller. Nice, uh, but uh, the best accessories, and then you get the weird accessories where there's like, oh hey, you can attach some weird things here and there, and it just does light things or whatnot. But no, there's this one where it's like, oh hey, here's a, a TV monitor. It's a small, about the size of the game. Like, you flip, put it on the top of the GameCube, you flip it up, you have a small screen there. You just gotta do some plugs, and bam, you have a TV. On the on the GameCube without needing a TV. That's that's crazy. It is. Shoot. It is. It's and I didn't know that until like maybe a year ago when I'm like, oh, because hey, when I started to go, I'm like, okay, I need to actually make my list because an end goal of mine before I ever die is to collect every single GameCube game and all oh, yeah. main accessories. Oh, I forgot one controller variant. There's, there's, uh, I have one of the other controller variants, which is obviously the bongo controllers for the Donkey Konga games. Oh, oh, you got to get those bongo controllers. I, I have them. I have a set. I got lucky uh, at a, uh, a local game market in my that was held in my city. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll probably spend like I'm like I'm probably gonna spend like what a hundred bucks at most, which is roughly what I did. I think it was spent like a hundred twenty, a hundred thirty at most. Uh, there were some games there. That I'm like, fuck, I could actually. I'm like. Oh, they have F-Zero GX. Oh, they have all these other games. There was legit an actual Game Boy adapter, the one that you attach on your bottom of your GameCube there. I'm like, fuck, I could go for that. But I'm like, no, 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 I can't. But then I see the Bongo controllers. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to get those. And it came with Konga and Konga 2. So, a Konga, no, sorry, 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 Konga and Jungle Beast. I still need Konga 2. And oh, Conga gotcha. Three, but Conga Three is Japan exclusive. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, 
So, but Jungle Beats is pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Um, the plat, the good old platformer, uh, Jungle Beats with the bongos. It's a weird game, and your hands hurt after a while, but it's still fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, back on that, uh, on that, uh, that sort of variations of the GameCube controller. I actually saw. I think there's a collect in in my old like the same second like the same secondhand store. I saw the original like GameCube uh, box cover. Uh, they had, I think it was one of the, it was a Resident, Resident Evil, Evil 4. It's the, yeah, the Resident Evil 4 chainsaw controller. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, one of, it's how, honestly, how do you even work with that? You, you see, it's one of the coolest controllers to look at because it's just like visibly pleasing and it's so cool mm-hmm. to look at, but then it's like functionality. How the fuck do I do this? <laughs> yeah. But it's oh really God. cool to look at and. Those are really kind of tricky to come by, it, but it is on my list of like one that I want to have in my GameCube collection eventually. But yeah, yeah you well, know, I'm going to have to still, if you're still hunting it and they still have it, I I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Good to know. Um, okay. Moving away from uh, the far retro, uh, but keeping on our first topic, um, are there any moments in a game that still stand out to you since you first experienced them all those years ago? Or like, is there like one like very powerful moment in a game that you still like remember to this day and like defines like a love of video games for you? I think, I think one of the biggest ones was, is probably it's, it's, there's gotta be two of them. One of them like broke me being like the five year old sm- snowflake that I that didn't really know it was ha- what the ex- what was going on, the beauty behind it. But that one, uh, I guess I was just being extra emotional after like a middle school breakup or something. But like when uh, I, I I got really attached to the uh, the link Saria relationship in OOT. And when uh, Saria doesn't recognize you when you invite her to become a, a sage, a time, uh, one of the one of the sages, and just the fact that you'd never like talk or converse with them again, I'm like, oh, you can't, you can't, you can't be serious. That was that was a big breaking, emotional breaking point for me as a kid, and I've always remembered it. And I I've actually just recently went back and replayed the the 3ds version. Ooh, just, yeah. just to, just, just for replayability, and I'm like, why, why, why was this so emotional to me? It's just, it's just, it's not, it's not as bad as I made it out to be when I was like 12. What's going on? But that, and I think, I think probably the whole ending of Shadow of the Colossus and how how it ended. That was another really beautiful, like crazy crazy sort of like oh my god this is how it ends i'm the i love bad it guy? hate it yeah i i loved it and hated it to to the extreme at the exact same time yeah i wish i got there but my game crashed and i gave up on that oh. game for, <laughs> i gave up on fucking shadow oh, of the colossus no. Tw- was what was it the 12th colossus the like the one where you gotta jump on all the pillars and get across those to like have him like that one get to that uh, was it 
uh, was it pillars? Was it the one that you're? Cl- was you're, it? He's a small, the small one. He's one of the small ones, and you have to climb and run across oh. the pillars and like lure him to a certain thing. Uh, and was it the like the the one with the fire, or or was it the no one the one after that? The, the one after that, where, where he's knocking uh, the, down the pillars. Oh, I oh that that one's just that one's that one's just really like suspenseful and tense. That one's. That one's fun, but also yeah. Kind you, you see, I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. Ones. This is cool. Aside from like you know the janky controls, but I'm like, you know what? This is fine. Game crashes, and I'm like, are you oh. fucking kidding me? Oh, I do dude. not want to have oh. to get back on my horse, ride all the way over there again. <laughs> I'm just like, no, nope, no, nope. fuck you, shall. I I was done, I'm, and I have not. I've I'm done. I'm not. Uh, I'm like I. I know how it ends. I've seen multiple people play this through this game. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with Shadow of the Colossus. And this was the PS4 version of the game, mind you. I'm. It was mm-hmm. just god. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm done. Uh, Speaking of those sort of, and I'm done. One of my old habits that have that still screw me over to this day is a. Uh, uh, not not sa- getting too sucked into games and not saving in key spots, and then I die and I go back to like three 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 or four checkpoints ago. Oh, oh, I just did. I, I just did the f- finger quotes, feeling. and I'm only being. Re- uh, and I'm doing finger quotes, <laughs> and only the audio is being recorded. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, uh, when Ryan first came on, he was looking at his camera, smiling. He's like, "Oh, wait, it's audio." <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so you got nothing yeah. to worry about there. <laughs> I do it all. The, I do it all the time too. So you have nothing. So legit, I'm guilty of that too. But yeah, I know that. Oh, oh, oh. I know that feeling. Yeah, hopefully audio. Uh, uh, hopefully you listeners uh, listening on on this wonderful podcast can pick up my uh, <laughs> my uh, posh ass uh, con- uh, vocal context clues. Oh yeah, absolutely. My over exaggerated sarcasm. Oh. But yeah, back back up back on topic back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, fuck. Remembering to save, man. It's. Oh man, what what game recently have I played that has needed to deal with that? Oh, I'm trying to even think. Uh I guess. Oh yeah, uh, Persona Five. When I was playing through Royal, that was one of them, where there were a couple Ooh. of occasions. It wasn't as bad, but it was mostly. It was mostly because I was following a guide. Because I'm like, I want to platinum this game on my first playthrough, and then kind of just. And do that with it, because I'm like, because it's like I want to get the most out of this game. And it, fuck, like 120 yeah. hours later, I fucking oh yeah, I got the most out of the game. But there were some times where it's like, I think what uh, where I'm like, I fucked up a couple things. I'm like, oh fuck, what did I what did I last save? And it's like maybe yeah. a week ago. Uh, I know the worst one was Ooh. like, I started the game, I get to second, I get to the second palace from uh, of Madarame, and I'm like. Oh, hey, social stats. I was doing it all wrong. Looks like I got to start over the game entirely. <laughs> um, but then I did it properly. And honestly, it was kind of good because, like, then I was I was knowing what I was doing a bit more. And I was able to do things a little differently and a lot much, uh, much cleaner. And uh, so it was enjoyable still. But uh, yeah, fun game. If you, uh, I know that we said it a lot last episode with Torpedo, but if you haven't played Persona Five or Persona Five Royal, go play Royal. 
Go play Persona 5 Royal right now. Phenomenal RPG. Legit. One of the best RPGs I've played in my life. And yeah, I, I still I still got to play the Persona 5 games. I've been trying my best to stay away from any playthroughs just so I just so I can just Yeah. go binge through it. Oh yeah, dude, absolutely it's absolutely worth it. Like go get dude. Royal, dude. Like Royal's great and then I'm when I get my PC eventually, I'm I'm going to play through Golden, Persona 4 Golden cuz it's on Steam and I'm like, "Oh hell yeah." And then all I got to worry oh, yeah. about is uh figuring out how to play Persona 3. <laughs> Because those are only uh, on uh, the PlayStation Portable uh, and the PlayStation 2 or 3. Oh, yeah. I think, I don't know, is, is, F- is FES on 3 or the PS2? I can't remember. Um, I think I think that one might be on 2. Yeah. But yeah, those are what I want to do. And uh, obviously finding the original Persona 1 and 2. Persona 1 is more like a Shin Megami, Megami Tensei game more than anything. Uh, but Persona mm-hmm. 2 is wacky in its own sense because you know you could fight the Third Reich. Oh, oh dear. Uh, yeah, Persona 2 is weird. Uh, but we'll talk more about Persona when we get another. Probably if we get Torpod again, we'd love to t- dig into his mind about other early Persona games or just people who've played them. Actually, we might be able to mm-hmm. with a future guest, possibly teasing for a future guest that we might or that we might have Ooh. on. But. Uh, uh, that's that rant. Uh, next thing before uh, bu- 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 that was kind of uh, last question before we move on to our second topic. Um, are there any old games that you would like to see re- get a remaster? Uh, yes, one. So they they went back and they they sort of made the new uh, Ratchet and Clank games and they sort of they sort of like upgraded it and made sequels and went back and made more games in the movie and everything. Uh. I want a remaster of the of the Jack and Daxter games. Yeah, because what have they done with them? They've I think they've only re-released them on the PlayStation Four, and that's really about it. They haven't done. They yeah, didn't do much. They didn't upgrade them. They've got they've got upgraded graphics, but they weren't remastered. Another one that I'm still waiting for to just get off of like the mobile. I want I want flipping. Uh, Zelda Twilight Princess on something other than the Wii <laughs> and the Wii U. Yeah, other than the Wii U, like I, and I feel like, and I, I think we talked about it last season with predictions about Zelda's thirty fifth being this year. I think after March, when Mario is done, they're gonna Nintendo's gonna go. Okay, it's Zelda time now. Like, and that's why Mario's thing was only limited to uh, up till March is because they have. I think they have something planned for Zelda. Obviously, we're already getting Skyward Sword on the Switch. I think we're going to see. Mm-hmm. I'm predicting we're going to see two more Zelda Switch games this year. One being a combo uh, for Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Uh, the the HD versions that were on the Wii U get ported to the Switch. That's the first one. Yeah. The second yeah, one. It's either yeah. Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time 3D to the Switch. Yeah, it's it's. I think I think when everyone saw. When the announcement came out that they were porting Skyward Sword for the what I think it was the 35th just recently, and they did uh, Skyward Sword for the Switch, I think a lot of people who were just waiting for more Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and then more uh, Twilight Princess were so upset. But I'm like, Skyward Sword is a great game. I'm happy with that. 
I'm, I'll still wait for my Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, and all of that. But I can I can make do with playing Skyward Sword a few times. Yeah, and I I, th- I don't think the wait will be too long. I think we're probably going to see. I think this year will probably be. Oh, I th- definitely. Not. I think 2021 is the year for Zelda, where we're going to see probably three, if not four, Zelda games released. That's Skyward yeah. Sword, the two combos I just mentioned, and possibly. Breath of the Wild too, but that one's still oh, up in the air, obviously. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they they made they they did that Breath of the Wild two trailer, and then they came out with the the Hyrule Heroes, Hyrule and Warriors, like, Age um, of Calamity, Hyrule Warriors, yeah, Age of Calamity. And I'm like, um, is this? I hope this isn't where you're putting all your effort because we're still waiting for the yeah. game you teased last year. Yeah, but yeah. We're yeah, any 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 update at this point is fine. We're used to waiting for games that have taken forever. Take like the Final Fantasy VII remake teased in twenty fourteen. Came out didn't came out until twenty twenty. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we're used to it. Oh we, yeah, we can we can take a we can take a couple more hits. Yeah, I mean, what what was another long wait? Kingdom Hearts three that was another one. Oh yeah, that was another. You long see, that one. was a oh, lot. You see, that was a lot. You see, I didn't get really into Kingdom Hearts until maybe like the a year or two before three actually came out. So I wasn't waiting. I like I was a fan of the series because I'm like, oh yeah, it's really cool. I like its music and I like. I I was like one of those kids who's like, I don't have I don't have the console but or the games, so I'll just watch all the cutscenes on YouTube, and would watch yeah. those six hour plus videos. I did that, but then when I finally did get the games of like the 1.5 plus 2.5 and the 2.8 collections, I'm like, ah, yeah, these are great. I'll and I platinumed the main three games of Kingdom Hearts one, two, and three. Uh, so I'm a fan. Oh, yeah, those those are great. And at least at least at least you're getting into them at a and you and you know some of the stuff before you jump into that chaotic storyline with oh yeah anything. oh there are still some things i'm you yeah the, it's, the one it's the one the one best <laughs> like mess. here's the thing here's the thing uh, here's what i'll say if you play every game honestly it's not too bad to understand everything it gets messy with union cross oh because there's still yeah. a messy bit in there that I'm like, why the fuck is Venom there in the past <laughs> when he's right there? Oh yeah, th- th- yeah. That th- that whole story is uh, is a serial killer's uh, uh, dot and line uh, chalkboard. Like honestly, I it's, I, would, it's, I need to go it's to the crazy. Yeah, find the wiki page about every key point that it happens in Union Cross that's important. And then, because mm-hmm. like old backstory in the two point eight collection only covers up to a certain part, and like, well, that's nice. There's still stuff going on. So unless they make a fucking like three point five collection, that's like, oh hey, we have a uh, here's a uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory because it's not in the proper collection yet. Here's um, mm-hmm. I don't know the demo for Kingdom Hearts five and a half days. Yeah, here's like a playable. The, here's like a playable one, version. 1. Here, here's a playable version of like coded and uh, the days, and then here's Union Cross back cover two to show you what happens afterwards. <laughs> and you're just like ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, oh. Anyway, before I rage more about the Kingdom Hearts storyline, let's switch over to our second topic today: uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, oh yeah. 
flip mode of the the uh, the the real life fantasy of the the not video game fantasy of the of the world. Yeah. Um. So we're both dungeon masters here. Hmm. Um. So, and uh, I guess we'll give a bit of a back a back backstory a bit. Back, back this train up, uh, or as people now say, back this uh, dump truck ass up. Crazy started up a little uh, a, a D&D campaign with a bunch of our group. Uh, and one of them is a, a former guest of the podcast, Ryan, um, and mm-hmm. a bunch of our other uh, mutual friends that we met, I guess – through Ryan's stream and all streams and all of those and uh crazy just now... mixing and mingling. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Crazy's DMing for us a D D campaign. Um mm-hmm. is this your first time DMing, Crazy? Uh this is this is my first time DMing with a group of completely new players. Ex- uh you and Tim I don't. I think. I think you're the only one of the only ones that has a decent amount of of experience, and it's one of the least. It, this is this the first campaign I've sort of had to be teach, organize, and create and make and merge backstories with, and a lot of and a bunch of these backstories aren't like completely fleshed out, being new and not. Not not used to sort of like the role play and yeah. the back and backstory and the writing and just having to make up and design stuff and give people the information as they go. It's first time doing that, so uh, I've done I've done a couple short little homebrew homebrew um, mini events, little small group raids and stuff like that between friends, but nothing not never nothing never on as this big of grand a of a scale. Yeah, especially with this many players, we got a nine-player campaign. Hey, uh, I guess now is the be- the best time for me to tell you about. I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but I'm going to tell it again because it's such a great story of what I call the Battle of the Fourteen. Ooh! So let's go. Let's go back. Legit, actually, let's go back a year, back to January of 2020. Uh, I am jo- uh, I am approached by uh, my Destiny Insider Jackson, who we've had on the podcast a plethora of times, and he's like, "Hey, Toner, I wanna let's start a D and D thing for our radio buddies because we're in radio school." And I'm like, "Okay, sure. I have the most experience being a part of three campaign, uh, four white LC, Presto, Presto, four campaigns beforehand." Uh, one that was basically like three or four sessions in my old, old college days. Um, mm-hmm. The second and my third and my fourth were all then done by my uh, one of the best DMs in my city, my good friend, um, who we've had on the podcast as well, Preston or X Gauntlet is what he's going by now for his YouTube channel. Go check him out, by the way. A quick shout out to my boy Presto. Uh, <laughs> um, and... Uh, but I had never DM'd a campaign, but I have known things to pick up that I've picked up from both Preston and uh, my other DM that I had, uh, Sir Wiggles. Yeah. And so we, uh, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll do Lost Minds because I have the starter set for it. Uh, 
get get recruiting. Nice. And uh, so we have our first session. And there's like maybe four people, four, four or five of them there that made it to the first session. I'm like, this is actually a really good turnout. Um, and so it's like, okay, yeah, we'll see you guys for the second session. Second session, I think there was maybe six of them. And that was even better. Third session. Um, so I, I'll ask you this. Have you ever done Lost Minds before? Lost Minds of Fandel. I have never... I have never done Lost. I think I I think I did a campaign that was originally based on the storyline of Lost Minds, but was what but branched off pretty hard. Okay, so ba- that's basically what happened with ours. Like I'm like, okay, because of I also made the rookie mistake of like, okay, everybody can start around maybe level eight, and I'm like, Ooh. yeah. But then again, the don't worry, I made it work in the end, so it worked out. <laughs> all right, all but right. Uh, yeah, this happened, so it was. Basically, in my in my group, we had two people who had played before, and everybody else was a newbie. Come session three, where the group who we had before basically got to the inside of where you fight that cult. It's like the second part of the campaign, like second dungeon. Mm, yeah, you, you go there, and they go there, and they're rescuing a friend. Uh, because of what a friend, di- uh, what a player did, is like, oh hey, this guy's acting a bit suspicious. Goes up to them, uh, tries to call them out. I'm like, okay, so this is how she wants to play. I'm like, good for you for standing up to him, but I'm like, time to put in a little consequence. Guy pulls out a ninth tier spell <laughs> scroll, uses time stop, and vanishes away with her as well. And so party goes, what the fuck just happened? And have to go save their Ooh. friend who got, just literally got abducted with a ninth level time stop um they save her and that was at the end of that second session third session though party number increases i'm like okay yeah we have a lot of people here i do a head count including myself there were 15 people there oh dear lord and i'm struggling with nine Thank so. Uh, thankfully, there was maybe we spent maybe thirty minutes on like the role play of like the uh, group A in the dungeon and group B approaching the dungeon. At the end of that session, after what was I believe three hours of combat, three or four hours of just pure combat. Everybody taking turns of me needing to adjust enemy scale of, like, I think 30 undead. Like, weak undead, obviously. The cultists. And then other things as well. Now, thankfully, there was a... Now, thankfully, there was a... Crazy. Thankfully, there was, like, a cleric there who was, like, able to just wipe out the undead uh, when she realized she could do that. I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Uh, End of the session. We started with 15, 14... Ended with, uh, oh wait, I gotta do a head count again. Who who was left at the end? One, Han, Hera, Gina, Maddie. Seven. Ooh, that's still that's still that's still a decent. That's and a now, decent and here's the other thing. I think in that battle, only two of them died, but like the rest of them just didn't show up again. Except oh for se- that's that was the other thing. I'm like, okay, cool. So then, as the pro- as that campaign went on, and eventually the world stopped, and we had to switch to online, which became another reason of why another three stopped showing up. 
So yeah, back back to the back to like an original like four a cl- a, a good four, and that's where that's how that that rest of that campaign basically went. It was those four, and that's what ended that campaign. That's how that campaign ended with four. And then it's like, oh hey, we're doing. Uh, and then we t- I think we took a month off, and I'm like, okay guys, campaign two is ready. It's a a sequel to the events. It's a it's a twenty years later campaign in the next continent over of my world that I developed. And that one we're still nice. currently on because I've made this one even extra long, and we're we just hit the third way mark, the third a third of the way through it. We've just hit that mark, and but uh, that's my experience with uh, dungeon dungeon mastering. So oh, that's 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 cr- yeah. I'll I'll come to you for advice for any big combat battles and stuff like that. Uh, oh, if you if you want a big thing, if you want to like make it easy on yourself, and like my tip, I'll give you with like a party of our size. If you want to like make like a boss, but like you don't want them to like go super strong, just double or triple their health, so that way it's still a long fight and still like challenging for us, but they still hit the same and like can still do things for us. Like that's what I did for like a lot of my enemies in that first campaign of like because of how strong I made my party accidentally. I'm like, okay, I gotta really raise their health. But uh, and that's like a theme I still do now of like, yeah, we got to up that health a little bit more. So that way they don't just cakewalk it. But yeah, because yeah. that, that's a problem that I have personally dungeon mastering is I make my players overpowered way too easily sometimes. And uh, it does, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this will be fine. Come next session. Oh, fuck. How do I nerf this? And I've had to nerf things oh, a few times, but yeah, yeah. That that's that's what's that's what's really nice about D anD D is there's so much freedom in it, and just being able to take control and just be able to weave the story and the abilities and stuff in order to manage and nerf things as you need is really nice. Yeah, and it's like. I've I've been, I, this is this is yeah this is the first full campaign I I'm doing and I'm doing it based off of Horde of the Dragon Queen so if it, whoever whoever knows how that goes can sort of figure out how how big and how intimidating that can get with some of the locations and things like that but uh it, I there was a there and I've and I've been in campaign and been in I think three campaigns that went on for quite a bit and one or two that stopped after a couple sessions but there there's a there's a there was an art a role playing game that I was introduced to I think 3 years ago when I was I was hunting for D&D games and my girlfriend at the time had a friend group and they were playing this this like d like d and d style r p g game and i i can't for the life of me i can't remember what it's called but it had it had set story uh set backgrounds based on race belief and it 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 was so strict in terms of story it was so strict in terms of history and it's there it it's it just it made me realize how nice it was to have D- get back into D&D where you've got the f- the freedom and the extra creativity and the the ability to just imagine 
and go after go at it. Oh yeah, that's uh, it's one of the big reasons I love D and D. I'm like. One of the things I love about it is like just the characters that I can come up with that they'll meet on the way to their end goal. Like that's my one favorite thing. And like because I've because I go to I went to radio school. I like doing voices and you know characterizing the making these people even better than like how they develop it. So like currently in the current campaign we got we have a. We got good old hello there. The name's uh, Cleto Guchinson. And uh, oh. would you like? Would you like? Yeah, hey there, Sonny. Would you like to buy me some? Would you like to buy my squirrel juice? I got this uh, squirrel juice here, and it's uh, delicious. You want to drink some? You want to drink some? Uh, uh, yeah. You you do the the NPC voices so well. I still I still I'm 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 a great like method actor for playing characters like i'm i'm six foot two the... <laughs> i i'm i'm a six i'm a six foot two uh uh sarcastic goofball as coined by a few of my friends but <laughs> i'm currently i am currently playing a a very uh i wouldn't say chivalrous but very good like well-hearted uh halfling rogue and I can get into that pretty well, despite my uh, my contrast in various <laughs> points. But I, but man, can I not? I I can't. I just I just have so much trouble being able to flip, from and be able to generate NPC personalities and like wh- how I would voice them and how I would stress syllables. That's that's something that I still need to work on as a relatively new long DM. Yeah, but and it that it, it gets better the longer you do them. Like I think, like obviously, like there's some that are like just easy, like orcs who just go, "Ooh, tiny human man, <laughs> yeah. you go squish." <laughs> and like my voices aren't even like that great. Like like especially like I compare, I'm a harsh comparator to like my old DM Preston, like. When he does voice, like he can do some voice. He does voices like, like almost on the level of like Matt Mercer, almost. Oh yeah, if 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 you can if you can get anywhere to Matt Mercer, a genius like voice actor, in terms of character personality, you've got you've got a you got five gold stars in my book, big man. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. I just I love D and D. It's it's just it's. Everything you can do with it, like I, my, one of my favorite, like like I said, character development for me, one of the best things about it. Um, but world mm-hmm. development, world with world development after that. But uh, on the topic of ideas that we've brought it up of just like having free, what are some ideas that maybe not for this campaign you want to implement, but maybe for a future campaign that you would want to implement? Because obviously, think, if it's for this I campaign, think... that's kind of a spoiler. So we don't want to spoil the rest of the group if they're listening to this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I've got, I've got, I've got a few, I've got a few surprises for this campaign, oh, and I know boy. you're in it. So, so yeah, I, I, hush, I'm not hush. giving you any. Uh, <laughs> I'm not giving you any info. But I think, I think one of my favorite, I think one of my, the idea when I first learned that you could sort of write your own story and have people explore your own story in D and I want to make a, like a D and D inspired, like uh, if, if you've ever read the Chronicles of Narnia, Oh, uh, voyage of the Dawn treader. I want to do something along those lines, except a lot more 
more islands, more in depth, more dungeons, portals, planes of existence, something like that. Ooh. That's that's a big big ship. I I love I love the ship the ship battle aspects of D and D and how it's how it's structured. And just doing something where you just sail from island to island on on a specific storyline, which I won't disclose in case any of you listeners ever make your way into a campaign of mine. But making your way to a point from point A to point B, just and island to island, each one getting significantly harder, more confusing, more deceptive. That just as a... As another one of my friends says, uh, says uh, tickles my jimmies. <laughs> <laughs> well then, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, good here. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but island campaigns. I, I really, I really, I really want to do a really well written out island campaign, and I'm still working on one. It's not come through, but. Enough about me. You got any any sort of like creative story ideas that you? Well, it's funny that you brought up the fact of islands, only because like just recently, I'm like my past session this week, we dealt with some naval, semi naval combat, where the group uh, uh, went up against a leviathan. Ooh, that's got to be fun. Oh, was it? And everything that happened after that too, like. It, legit if i had a better pc i would be streaming my, i would stream my sessions a bit but i i don't have a good enough pc to do that so i don't but uh it's mm-hmm. there's a it's things happened is all i'll say <laughs> and uh yeah it's got wild um oh, but dear. uh some ideas that i would use in future campaigns uh i and I use this in everyone. Like it was based again, based off of my uh, old DM Preston of him introducing me to this thing called the soul cycle where Ooh. when you die, your soul basically goes up and it's, there's a cycle of souls and there are four main allegiances where your soul might go to where it can go to. And you kind of get like in a reincarnation of like your soul, if it's strong enough, obviously um, with, there's heaven and hell, where you'll either come back as an angel or a demon, and you'll live in like heaven or hell, obviously, for until like you know the world needs you or like there's a holy war, all that stuff. Um, then you have life and death, where you become a pillar of life for the life side or a reaper for the death side, and those are like the four. And you keep they keep balance. Uh, life and death kind of help keep balance between heaven and hell to make sure that you know one side doesn't invade the other. Um, yeah, the reapers purpose is to more or less, uh, reap the souls, keep things in balance and whatnot, where life is like repairing souls, uh, on that end, heaven and hell just are just like, Hey, hey we're heaven. Hey, hey we're hell. Want to <laughs> fuck shit up? Hell yeah. And, and all that oh, stuff. That and, like... uh, but then there's a fifth there. There's two other main ones that, uh, exist in the world. Uh, power. Which, if your soul is at a peak enough point, then the cre- the basically the deity of like, because all four factions basically have their own deities and all that as well. But the deity that like is stronger than like all of them, known as the Wall Rider, he'll take your soul and make you a Bone Man for power. 
Ooh. It's like it's like those guys are like uh, the fucking like basically like god kill god killers in a sense where it's like they can go toe to toe with a god. And then there's the sixth one, which is the broken one, which has almost been banished, but it tries to trickle its way back every now and then uh, to create like a hive mind of just like undead and souls known as the Zather. And uh, it's scary. And uh, each one of the factions has its own color, blue and red for heaven and hell, gold and black for life and death, green for power. And I always say this, if you see purple, run. Because that's (laughs) Zather. Um, And that's what the original, what Preston designed. And then I kind of took a spin on it, changed a couple of things, but then added, I've now added two new soul factions into the mix. Uh, the first one where a lost soul goes called the void and that's uh and that's represented by the color orange and then when your soul is like destroyed but you're still then hanging on with like a fragment you then it then repairs into a silver color and you're brought into limbo oh so it's like a, a, a... A soulless soul, as you will? A sense, kind of, in a sense. But uh, it, it's weird. Limbo is, like, Void is, like, easy to kind of get into when you just get lost. Limbo is very tricky. It's like, basically, let's say a dimension is collapsing entirely, and you don't get out in t- in, out of the dimension door in time. That's how you would end up in Limbo. Mm. As, like, a stasis between dimensions. Whereas the void is just like, oh shit, you're just out in the void of all the yeah. souls. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's scary. And that's one thing that I'll, I want to like keep implementing in like most of like my main campaigns. I'm currently developing a persona themed campaign. Um, so there's things I can't obviously do with that because I'm kind of limiting yeah. myself a bit with like what I will be doing with it. Cause it's yeah. And like, and like class availability and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, when it comes to like my main grand campaigns that are connected in each other with these worlds, the soul cycle is what I always kind of make sure I kind of have a bit of in there. And uh, that yeah. is something I love and the characters yeah, that those that's... bring as well. Yeah. Those, yeah, that's sort of, I, I love that idea. Mind if I mind if I borrow it for I mean, I don't a mi- future campaign? Ab- because that's 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 great. That's fantastic. I, I I can say yeah, borrow it, dude. Like it's 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 a cool way to think of death or or just like yeah the gods of in the gods. It's a cool way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 better. I I think I'm not I'm not hating on anybody who do, who does this. I personally enjoy like that sort of cycling and stuff like that rather than just simply being banished to a plane of existence after death or something like that. And it's, 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 it it gives a lot, it gives a lot more variance and creativity to that sort of situation. So it doesn't just have to end. Very much. Which is, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, with that, I think we've, uh, we're, we're going on pretty long, so I think we're going to call the D&D right, the topic right there, uh, unless there's anything mm-hmm. else you want to add. I know, I think, I think we covered pretty much just the D&D campaign ideas. Oh, those are beautiful little extra, extra 
I guess mechanics and create creative things. Yeah, but those yeah, I I love I love the ideas you've given me. I feel I it open open opening up new doors. I feel like I can get back to writing and working on the campaigns I am working Ooh, on. Baby, it's, excellent, excellent. Yes. Yes. Anyway, uh with that then, I think we'll now move on to the bonus level. Now accessing the bonus level. And starting right. off starting off our bonus level is top five. And our top five topic this week, top five favorite individual songs slash tracks from video games. Crazy. Start us off with this. What what are your top five? Alright. I th- I think number one for my top five, starting off my with my favorite game, Shadow of the Classes, it's gotta be uh revived power. And that's that's the one when you sort of like realized that stuff is about to is going down and you're just journeying through. Can't remember what boss it was ex- exactly, but the sort of the way it sort of like the song sort of like flows and then subtly booms over you. Absolutely wonderful. All right, num- uh, uh, number two. Uh, I'm always high school me i i was a big fan of like indie games and i regrettably got into like the homestuck style of homestuck and stuff like that so i was a big fan of toby fox and when undertale came out uh the one song yeah let's just say let's just narrow it down to one the one song that i i loved wasn't just like megalovania that's that's fine uh the the song that I love the most out of that is uh, "Death by Glamour" when you fight Metaton. Ah. I I I love those uh those like boppy boppy songs. Good Fantastic. Twitch bop. <laughs> All caps hammer bop. <laughs> bop. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Number three. And then. Number three, I'm gonna have to go back to. I'm gonna have to harken back to those, uh, those GameCube Bongo controllers with the uh, oh, baby. Yo, is it is it a fucking? Oh, what is it? Oh my god, the fucking Blink 182 song that got into Donkey Konga. No, it's not. I <laughs> I like I I. Oof, oof. Now you're really going back, but <laughs> I think I think my favorite, my favorite, it wasn't. It's more associated. It's it's a uh, Donkey Kong Country two. It's uh, the Snake Chanty. Ooh, that's another sort of when I that that was like my favorite sort of like little jam when I when I play when I played through Donkey Kong Country two. When you go through, uh, I think Snake Cave was it or whatever that area was, and. And just that, uh, that played closer. But when they played that for uh, the K rule theme at the very end, that was wonderful. Loved it every second of it. Nice. Smash is also one of my favorite games, mind you. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've got. I've got. There's so many good games. It's really hard to just narrow it down. So that's three. Number four. Uh, number four. Um. Back another classic is I I loved just this this just the simplicity of uh, Saria's song 
in uh, in uh, Ocarina of Time. That was actually when I bought when I bought an Ocarina in in like sophomore year of high school. I was on an instrument craze, learning every instrument I could. That was the first song I learned on Ocarina. Nice. I have an Ocarina too. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've still got the same one I got from all those years ago sitting on my desk over nice. here. Yeah, my, uh, mine I got from the Seattle Fish Market. Um, <laughs> there was a stand there. It had oh. a bunch of ocarinas, and the one I got was the one. It was painted just like Link's. It was blue. There was the the Triforce on it, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, Dad, can I get it? He's like, Yeah, sure. And I'm like, Yay! He's like, are you sure you don't want any of this fish merchandise? I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and I think, I think, I think four for me, or number five. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, number five. I, I, I gotta make, I gotta make sure I don't uh, sneak any others in there. <laughs> uh, I love. I loved One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII. It's a good one. It's yeah, that's a really good one, and it's a really, it's a really strong one for the events that it happens over when when he's when Sephiroth finally enters and and like goes ha- for, yeah, the, I love the re, like the re, the remake version of that one. Like, holy hell, the oh, the remake oh. one is just. Oh, everything I wanted and more. So good. Yeah, it's. uh, I still, I still got, I, I still got to play seven. I still got to play the remake. All right, yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, first thing I do tomorrow. Cop up the free version so you can play it. Like, just do it. It's, it is phenomenal. Like, as a guy who's platinum the game, phenomenal piece of work. It's a phenomenal game. It was in my top five games of 2020. Go listen to my New Year's special if you want to hear my top five games, by the way. It's two-parter, four hours. Worth the time, though. 12 or yeah, 13 guests. It was, it was a lot of guests, too, so you can hear a lot of perspectives about 2020 as well. But go check out that episode. But, yeah, it's fucking... Oh, it's so good. Oh, I... I... I can't. I can't wait to play it. You've got me even more hyped up oh, than before. Perfect. And for someone who's who's found everything and done everything, I I feel like I can trust your judgment. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, as for myself, my top five favorite individual songs slash tracks from video games, coming in at number five, is the climax return theme from Danganronpa. Uh, as you, as people may know, I've been recently streaming the Danganronpa series, and the the theme that plays right after you build the comic book, where it replays the events that happened to, for your accusation of the killer. It's just a you, you just gotta hit that cat jam and Twitch and just vibe to it, mm-hmm. man. You just gotta cat jam to oh, it. Yeah. Uh, coming at number four, his world, Sonic Six. As awful of a game Sonic 06 is, as a guy who has sat through that game to play that whole game from start to end, all three stories and the final boss, the music is great. Music is... And that's what Sonic Team has always been consistent with, is really good music. And his world is honestly one of the best. And the fact... And all his various versions are so good. And I love that song a lot. Coming yeah, in, I gotta, I gotta go back and listen to that now. 
Coming in at number three is Hands, the karaoke song in Yakuza 6. The, basically, the secret, the, the, the secret karaoke song in Yakuza 6, where you gotta beat the game first to get it. Honestly, it is what if it is one of the best karaoke. Like uh, I know that Bakamitai is honestly gonna be one of the most loved karaoke songs ever, as yeah, well as like Machine Gun Kiss. But, but Hands, honestly, yeah. it's so good. I, I love that one oh, so. Yeah. Like, and like here's the thing that makes that song even better is that the it's. The music video that plays for it, obviously, if you know the series, it's like you, you hear, you see Kiryu just standing on stage while you're hitting the buttons while he does it. And then it goes yeah. to like uh, the movie or like the in more recent games, sometimes it's just a clip show of like some still images. Like that's what uh, Restart This Night from Tonight uh, in Yakuza 0, Kiwami 1 and Kiwami 2 is just some stills of. Yakuza Zero, where it's just like it hits you in the feels because spoiler alert, Nishiki's dead, and it's just like, and like most of the characters from one are dead, and it's just like, ah, the feels, man, the feels, and it's just, it does the same thing because instead of uh, it's Haruto, uh, Haruka's son, and it's just like the journey that you had and that you'll never see that kid again because Kiryu is supposedly dead because he can't. Because of the things that happen in that in Yakuza Six, it's just oh, it just hits you like oh, fuck. The, oh, those those feel songs hurt, man. Uh, number two, the Fog, the remixed version in Persona Four Dancing, a DLC song in uh, P4D, uh, where you where the the dancer of the track is. Okay, also, I'm going to say this. Spoiler alert right now. If you have not played Persona 4 Golden or watched the Persona 4 anime or played Persona 4 at all, this is a spoiler, so just skip ahead for a bit. Uh, but the dancer in the Fog remix is Toru Adachi, basically the villain of Persona 4. And it, it's just like the... It's just like a fucking... Oh, good so- remix. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And, and lastly, my number one song is from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hey. It's the main theme uh, at the end of the game, when the end credits roll, it's hollow. And you want to know who oh. sings? I don't know if you've heard this, uh, Crazy. Do you, know, do you know who sings hollow? Uh, isn't it? Uh, give, me, give, give me half a second, half a second, half a second. Um Shoot, I know it's like a one word. It's a one word name. No, no, no. Just just throw it at me. Just throw it at me. It's Yosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's fuck. It's such a good song. Like l- legit. And like, here's the thing. Like, like an acoustic version is of that song is like the town theme for district oh. five as well and it's just like so good and it wasn't until like my second playthrough that i noticed that i'm like yo holy shit this changes everything and i'm just oh. like it just made me appreciate that game so much more so um and th- that's top five this week uh, moving on to this week in gaming history uh, we got some events that happened. Uh, starting off on March 15th in 2002, the Resident Evil movie was released in theaters. Uh, so, uh, and then it's, that basically spawned that movie franchise. 
which was mm-hmm. very hit or miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on March 16th in 2006, Final Fantasy XII was released in Japan on the PlayStation 2. On the 17th in 2003, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire were released in North America on the Game Boy Advance. Dang, all the way back in 2003? Yeah. Shite. Holy crud. Yeah. I'm I'm cementing the fact that I'm a we're a, we're going back to the Stone Age here. <laughs> <laughs> on the 18th in 2008, Rainbow Six Vegas 2 was released on the 360 and PlayStation 3. On the 19th in 1993, Midway Arcade released the 5.0 Mortal Kombat Arcade Cabinet. In on the twentieth in two thousand six, we talked about this game a bit earlier. Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion was released on the three hundred and sixty. Oh, yeah, great game! On the twenty first in two thousand one, the Game Boy Advance was released in Japan for the price of ninety eight hundred yen. Whew. And that was this. That's this week, upcoming week in gaming history. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's just shocking to see how much has happened in the last twenty or so years. It's crazy. It's it is crazy. <laughs> we we've said that word a lot, and the funny thing about that word is like, oh yeah, yeah, you're, we call you crazy all the time, but legit, it's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. Um. <sighs> For the achievement of the week this week, uh, because there wasn't a lot of brand new games that had achievements, uh, going back to Crash 4, tr- the trophy is the achievement is tree droppings, which is to find the source of the bumper berries. Uh, and the game to look out for this week uh, goes to Stubbs the Zombie Rebel in Without a Pulse, uh, which was at which was I believe that game was uh, shown off in the most recent Nintendo Direct as well so go check that game out when it comes out um and before we end off this podcast let's take a look at this week's chicken update god has abandoned us all thank you mike for that chicken update uh thank you crazy for coming on the podcast thanks for having me it was a lot of fun i enjoyed every second of this where can we find you on the internet uh currently i i stream on twitch at crazy pills 73 big old ttv and uh just picking up twitter again uh you can find me at at the same uh tag at crazy pills 73 uh yeah just giving some upstream updates things like that and back to you tony where can we find you king podcast Oh, uh, well, <laughs> no one's actually thrown it back to me like that before. I'm honored. Um, uh, we, of course, you can find me over on Twitch and Instagram at Tony's Game Lounge or over on Twitter at Radio Tony because I work in radio now. So it has to, I have to have nice. something to do with my uh, thing. Um, we stream or we try to stream, depending on my schedule, every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday occasionally. Um, we're currently playing Danganronpa 2, uh, Goodbye Despair. We're getting close to the end of that, and we'll be moving on to Ultra Despair Girls very soon. Um, so if you want to check in, check out all that Danganronpa awesome and juiciness, 
and see teenagers kill each other because a bear told them to. Come check out the game and be, <laughs> see all these all these reactions. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's how I that's how that's, yeah that's how I tag it. I'm like right, I'm throwing off. Yeah, that's uh, that's oh, that's where you can find me. Thank you, crazy, for coming on once again. And again, Tony, thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, thank you, the listener, for tuning in this week. And we will see you next week in the Game Lounge. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. You can find all social media links in the episode description. Be sure to follow the podcast on your streaming platform for new episodes. And follow Tony's Game Lounge on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch for weekly updates. 